in-office studios of his eye care practices in Nashville, Tennessee. It's As I See It with Dr. Jeff Kegaris, your source for eye care education and receiving the type of patient relationship you deserve. It is time for a patient revolution. And now, your host, Dr. Jeff Kegaris. Today we want to focus on one of our doctors, Dr. Evan Shields. Dr. Shields works at both the Cool Springs and the Donaldson locations. He's a family man, a coffee connoisseur, and a great patient-focused doctor. Dr. Shields assists Dr. Amy Jacobs in the overall contact lens and nearsighted control programs and is our lead doctor for NeuroLens, the glasses that change lives by eliminating headaches. Dr. Shields, Evan, welcome to As I See It. Yeah, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Let's start with some of the basics, but the important stuff. Where did you grow up and where did you go to school? Well, I I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky, um, not too far from here. Um, Went to school at Middle Tennessee State University. I got my bachelor's degree there, um, actually in recording industry management, that tightly linked field with optometry. Um, huh, yes. Yeah, it's surprising, I know. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, So what yeah. you're saying is we don't need our marketing director, Cole Evans, anymore. Is that right? Yeah. He, yeah. Everybody's, <laughs> everybody's dispensable, right? Cole, can you do optometry? <laughs> All right. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, so, yeah. Then I went to optometry school in Memphis, Southern College of Optometry. Uh, and then... Um, decided to come back to middle tennessee yeah right yeah my wife is from cookville and so we decided to settle somewhere between our families and and nashville was the perfect spot and i know one of the things is is many of our patients may remember you as an intern a few years back yeah and so they i I know i've seen a couple patients that said hey i wait i didn't i see you before because now you're back and they just think oh well you've just been here all that time so yeah so we're glad to have you as part of the part of the team at both offices so um how did you meet your wife uh so we met in college um some of the guys i went to to college with and roomed with uh knew her family uh her her parents held a bible study every month when i was in college and so we would go there every month or so uh, for a Bible study and just to hang out. Um, big group of us would come from Murfreesboro, from Huntsville, from Bowling Green, kind of meeting in Cookville. Um, and we would spend the night and then we'd go on a hike the next day or do something fun like that. And so we ended up just getting to know each other that way. And the rest is history. Fantastic. And yeah. history now includes how many children and one on the way? Yeah. So we're, we're at three kids now and one due in December. So family's growing that is that is yeah, well, congratulations so, mama been you. feeling okay yeah she's been good uh the first trimester was probably the roughest it's been of any of the four mm-hmm. to this point so but she's out of that and feeling better by the day so good good so in the past i know it may be distant past now when you all had the opportunity pre-kids to be able to do activities what activities did you guys like to do you mentioned hiking yeah yeah we love to spend time outdoors um, go hiking one of our favorite favorite spots is is Gatlinburg we love to go visit Gatlinburg that's where we went on our honeymoon um, and so that always has a special place in our hearts but we love to to just enjoy nature and, and have a good time 
Good. I know Susan and I, over the 4th of July, went out to South Dakota, and uh, something tells me, because it reminded us a little bit of Gat- Gatlinburg area in the mountains, and uh, something tells me you guys would love that. We'll have to arrange a trip there sometime, yeah, right? absolutely. All right. So, did you were you always interested in optometry, or was there something that spurred your interest? Um, yeah. Well... As I mentioned earlier, obviously I was in the music business for a while thinking that's where my life was going to go, but uh, that shifted gears quickly when I realized I probably wanted to, to marry the girl I was dating and, and really thinking about the family aspect of things. And so that's kind of what got me into optometry. Um, probably the, the time I decided on optometry was when I was shadowing. I, I shadowed a bunch of different professions like pharmacy and PAs and um PTs and things like that, but optometry just struck me as something special, not only because you, you affect somebody's you know daily life. I mean, everybody uses their vision every waking hour, and so you have the opportunity to, to really help somebody, um, but also that, that family balance uh, and, and being able to be home with my family and, and not only support them, but spend time with them. I agree, and I think most of our doctors are probably in that same way. That kind of balance of life and work uh, was a very important, compelling reason, and and for the most part, plays out unless you know somebody like I say, "Hey, Evan, can we meet tonight for a meeting or on the weekend?" Or right, other yeah. other than me, you you can keep that balance pretty yeah, if it well, wasn't right? For you, it'd be perfect. <laughs> okay. Um, so. You went to Louisville. You're a big... Do I say that right? Do I say Louisville, right? Close. You you didn't quite swallow it enough. Okay. All right. So, um, big Louisville Cardinal football and basketball fan or any sport fan or tell me about We got a good baseball team too. Yeah. I mean, Louisville top to bottom, their sports, they're competitive in just about every major sport there is, which is kind of fun to watch. Yeah. but yeah, mainly football and basketball. Okay, yeah. so we need somebody in the ACC to start giving Clemson some, you know, some okay. competition. Is, is this the year that Louisville's going to do that, or May are they still building back? Still building back. You know, they they brought on Coach Satterfield uh, last year, and uh, coming from Petrino, his last year he went two and ten. But the very next year, Satterfield took over, and we're seven and six, or eight and five, I think, and we went to a bowl game mm-hmm. uh, so just in one year. So same players, but obviously he's got some skill coaching, and so I, I think he's going to take it in the right direction and, and really get us there. And I, I think you, as an Ohio State fan, you might you might know Satterfield a little bit with uh, when Appalachian State went into the big house and went Michigan. Oh, geez, that that, uh, that memory <laughs> may slipped your oh, mind. It may have slipped my mind. But for my Michigan fans, I truly make sure that I remind them of that as often as I can. Yeah. You know, it's interesting is seeing Appalachian State now move up to the big Division One and still now be, I think, even some people have them top 25 this year. Wow. So they've really, I mean, they've really come up quickly. Yeah. As for your basketball team, unfortunately, no NCAA last year because you guys were rocking on pretty well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Give it a good shot. Yeah, absolutely. We, I, I think we had a legitimate chance, as did like 60 other teams, though. So yeah. a lot of parity there. But, yeah, our, I, I love Coach Chris Mack. He's, he's really made a big difference, um, brought about some more integrity to the program mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. that's been sorely needed, obviously. So That seems to cycle yeah. in all programs over over some time. So, yeah. yeah, that's good. The, um, um, I was trying to think of 
whether Ohio State and Louisville played last year. I think there was a preseason game. It was just a scrimmage, mm-hmm. but there wasn't any uh, official game. So right. neither of us have bragging rights at this time. Not so. yet. Okay, right. not, not yet. We'll look okay. for it. <laughs> okay. Um, all right, so let's talk a little bit about the contact lens side of eye care. You're involved mm-hmm. in a whole lot of areas, but particularly in contact lenses. Mm-hmm. Um, we now have the option with contact lenses to actually slow down nearsightedness. Uh, myopia, we call that, but myopia just means nearsightedness. So um, how long has that been around? And, and can you tell me a little bit more about that? The, the technology itself that, that we figured out did this has been around for a long time, uh, probably in the, the realm of decades. But just recently, there's because of the increase in the amount of nearsightedness we're seeing, we've really started to pay attention to that. And so we're now adapting some of those technologies that have been around a while. Uh, we realize now that those actually help to slow this problem down. Um, I don't know exactly where it first showed up and, and who figured it out, but through some of this research, we realize now we can fit some contact lenses and we can even use some drops uh, mm-hmm. to, that affect the focusing system. And that slows down the, the prescription change okay. over time. Um, and I, I think it's basically come out of necessity because we're seeing so many more kids, uh, in the United States at least, becoming nearsighted. Um, it's been a worldwide problem for a lot longer, especially in, in the Asian regions. Uh, but now in the United States, it's starting to come here, mostly due to the fact that we spend a lot of time indoors and on devices. Mm-hmm. And um, it's hard to ignore that correlation. So you, you mentioned that, and I know when I graduated about 100 years ago from optometry, actually we were told that the national studies in the United States showed 20% of kids, adults, everybody in the population was nearsighted. Um, and now that number in the United States alone is around 40 to 42%. But when you talk about Far East and Asia, we have some countries that are upwards of 85 and 90%, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of shocking to, to look at that data. And that's was exacerbated through a phase of academic intentional focus where it's like we don't have time for for gym class we don't have time for recess that's mm-hmm. play we need to study and so even some of the places and i don't know if it was korea or china somewhere that actually closed off the windows so that there was no daylight so that kids couldn't be distracted is that right and mm-hmm. that seems to be very correlative with the increase also as well as computers yeah i would agree um some of the the research that we found says spending two to three hours outside will actually reduce the amount of nearsightedness. Now, I'm not actually sure that it's it's the outside time. It's just mm-hmm. not being inside. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's just being away from things that are close to you so that your focusing system is engaged. Um, but it's getting your eyes outside and looking at things really far away, allowing your focus to be fully relaxed. I think that's where the, the yeah, big change comes. Yeah, maybe something genetic way, way back that is a protective factor. We kind of tend to protect against our own environment. And if the environment's only 
three feet in front of us, then mm-hmm. that's what we adapt to, right? But if it's a much bigger environment, even better. I think some people have also talked about dopamine release and sunlight and mm-hmm. how does vitamin D play. It's an awful lot that we're going to be learning over time. Mm-hmm. So the like anything, there's been an inference for a long time with eye doctors that we're seeing more and more people that are nearsighted. The first thing comes from a population study which says, hey, the total amount of nearsighted people is increasing. So, wow, now we start looking more specifically at country by country and what are, what do they do, what do they do differently, and uh, this, is, uh, this is a worldwide problem, as you said. In fact, I believe that the leading cause of blindness and disability in the world is not glaucoma, macular degeneration, or diabetes, it's nearsightedness. Because we take for granted here, we have a solution, we can fix you. Mm -hmm. Now we're even talking about slowing it down. But in some countries, you're disabled, you can't work, you can't do things, and and that's a tremendous drain on the family, on the population, on the community, uh, and you know, on the GDP for that country, right? Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. And I'll hear patients and, and their parents come in um, not surprised that their child's vision has, has increased, and they'll say, well, yeah, I'm, I'm nearsighted, and, and so I just expect them to be nearsighted. I'm a minus eight, and so I expect them to be really really nearsighted as well so i'm not surprised i'm not really concerned about it because i'm doing fine um but that's that's not uh that's not really taking care of the eyes the way they should Mm -hmm. um we shouldn't just write it off because nearsightedness can actually bring about vision threatening conditions and it makes it a lot more likely that that happens and so the more we can keep those prescriptions from getting to those higher nearsightedness ranges um, the eyes are just healthier and it'll protect their vision for their entire life we shouldn't just say well that's the way it's going to be just because it's a I'm fact. that way that's yeah. just what it's gonna be, yeah. and so we, we need to educate and, and let parents know this isn't the way it's supposed to be and we can slow this down and and give their kid a chance at having vision for a lifetime instead of uh, being at risk for some of those things. Mm-hmm. So this is you can tell that we're both very very passionate about this topic and, and it demands some more specialized discussion. We're going to have mm-hmm. a couple podcasts in the future just on nearsighted control. But I want to get back to you for a minute, okay? okay? Yeah. Um, if right now magically we could have Cole, the former marketing director here, after you've now taken his place, uh, that said, "Hey, I can watch your kids." Okay. And by the way, of course, I'm only kidding. I would never kid about something that was serious like this. So, Cole, we we owe all kinds of Cole's expertise to be able to get this podcast done and organizing everything. Uh, but that being said, you know, we're always looking for an upgrade, Evan. So anyway, back to the <laughs> back to the topic. If Cole was now obviously going to be able to take care of your three to four kids. That's a scary uh, thought. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Um, uh, and you and your wife could go anywhere out to dinner. What would be something that you guys would agree on to say, oh, that would be so nice. Let's go. Well, fancy you should ask because our, our anniversary is coming up and we already have reservations at uh, Firebirds. Oh, nice. Yeah, right there on, on uh, Old Hickory. Okay. Um, she is in love with their Big Daddy chocolate cake. And so much so that she, I've, I've seen literal tears come out of her eyes when she thinks <laughs> about this cake. Uh, so it's, it's something special to her. So that's, that's kind of our, our spot. Gotcha. Do so. tears come out of her eyes when it comes to anything chocolate or particularly this chocolate cake? There, there are some food groups that, that do bring about little uh-huh. tears, but this is probably tops on the list. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> so uh, again, we'll talk about myopia control and some more in contact lenses in future podcasts. Uh, one of the things I like to do on the As I 
associate podcaster talk about eye health and vision issues, but also things that I'm just interested in and I want to talk about. We may talk about football. We've talked about metallurgy and eye care. With you, at some point, we really want to focus in on something that you are well known for around here, and that is being a coffee connoisseur. How did that develop, Evan? You know, I I don't think it was anything intentional. Um, I just, I would have a morning cup of coffee since... Uh, I could ever remember. I remember my grandparents drinking coffee. Now, my parents always would say, now don't drink coffee because it'll stunt your growth. And mm-hmm. I think that kind of brought out the uh, the rebellionist in me. <laughs> so, okay. I'm going to drink coffee. Um, obviously, it didn't because my brother ended up 6'4", and he drank coffee all the time growing up. So, gotcha, I, I gotcha. think he's, so he could have been 7'2". Could have been. Could have been. Um, but anyway, I, I just fell in love with coffee, and I... I there was one moment in time when I was in college. I went to this cafe and they had a fresh uh, coffee. They had a new coffee that they had just gotten from a roaster in Chattanooga, and um, I, I just said, "I want, I want a standard coffee." And they said, "Well, try, try this. We just got it in, and it was an Ethiopian coffee." And I remember drinking it, and I was like, "What did you put in this? Like, what else is in here?" And they're like, "That's that's just coffee." And I was like, there's got to be something in here. There's more flavor. I've never tasted this before. Mm-hmm. And they're like, that, that's just Ethiopian coffee. It's really, really good. And so ever since then, my, my wheels were just spinning trying to figure out how did that cup of coffee taste so good. Uh, so I went on all these forums on, on websites and, and re- did all this research and just completely fell down that rabbit hole. And then I started in espresso and I trained myself to be a barista and I learned all the fancy stuff. And then I realized most of the flavor in coffee comes from roasting it. So then I was like, well, get rid of this espresso stuff. I'm going to get into the roasting side of things. And so I started roasting my own coffee and... You know, one Gosh. thing led to another, and here I am, just wow. a total so, coffee. So you drinker. get a fallback in case this optometry <laughs> thing doesn't work out. Right? I guess so. Yeah, yeah, very good, very good. All right, so um, I want to close. We're going to talk about coffee in a separate one, so we will, by all means, Cole will be marketing when that's coming up. You'll want to listen to that, and when we talk with Doctor Shields, we like to talk with our doctors about the different passions they have and interests. But uh, before we close, Evan, and I appreciate you spending some time with us. What do you want? your patients to know about you anything we haven't talked about and um you know you see a lot of people at both offices what would you like them to know about you yeah um obviously I, i'm i'm very patient centric uh, i don't i'm not one to to push things on people but i i enjoy listening to where people are coming from and and really trying to figure out having them tell me what their problems are so that i can help them with my expertise to help solve them uh, because there's a lot of times where i feel like i could just tell somebody what to do and and certain things that i think are a good idea but if that's not something that they're actually having a problem with or experiencing, then that's not helpful to them. So I, I like to take a lot of time to really listen to them, hear what they feel like it, they're having problems with, mm-hmm. and then I can offer solutions to those things that are truly bothering them instead of just giving them a ton of information about things that, that don't apply to them. That's great. Well, we like the fact, love the fact, actually, that you do focus on solutions. I know your patients love that also. So Dr. Shields, Evan, thank you for sharing some time with us and letting us get to learn a little bit about more about you your family your interests uh, and as always we appreciate all that you do to make cool springs and donaldson eye care patients get more than good eye care a great health care experience mm-hmm.